0: good morning day or evening wherever you are and whatever you're doing my name is Patrick this is the solid 60 episode 19 Uh, coming to you live well obviously actually recorded but live sounds more exciting from the residence of myself and my housemate who I never see but I do have my two cats sitting here with me so the crazy cat man in full emo effect I did recently just do something quite exciting which is create a Facebook page for solid 60 so on the 9th of August 2018 the ball is rolling I don't know about Twitter I barely use the uh, Twitter for anything else considering that banana splits got a bit more heat. beyond cosplay definitely has more interaction than you know I could ever get say with my own personal profile I, I really can't see the utility unless I suddenly have 10 more hours a day uh, to play with so let's just start small but yeah it's been a week and a bit this is probably the latest I've ever done a podcast so hopefully I can reel it back in and do another one in just a few days and actually have something to talk about I do have some stuff today though we're gonna go into the article I finally frickin wrote so I did that plus uh... edited last week's podcast um, that always seems to take twice as long as recording it because you know I tend to dribble on a bit as you might have noticed so I do try and cut that down believe it or not the blanket is on the microphone but it's not on the couch so hopefully it's a noise-free issue today I've got the heater off the cats are staying nice and quiet they've had their dinner and they're just chilling out uh, happy to be I don't know I guess part of the family So, yeah, I'm going to move into the article, Beyond the Con 11. I think I've read most of the topic, like as in what I'm going to talk about. I have mentioned before, obviously, leading up to this, but, you know, I've put it in my own words now, so that's got to count for something. Speaking of counting, John Cena has 500 visits to his name in terms of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So let's hit him up as the first hero. He recently celebrated breaking the record for the person who has granted the most Make-A-Wish requests with over 500 to his name and counting. In addition to wish granting, he regularly goes above and beyond to support the mission of Make-A-Wish, has personally donated more than 6 million airline miles for wishes involving travel, hosted parties for wish kids at WrestleMania, and served as a wish ambassador at speaking engagements. If that doesn't qualify him for this list, then I don't know what does. So there's that. Disney. Restarts a War, The Good Kind, number two. Star Wars The Clone Wars. I stuck a trailer in there. With the recent 10 year celebration at San Diego Comic Con of the Clone Wars series, it was auspicious time indeed for Disney to announce the revival of the much loved show. Speaking to the Star Wars website in the wake of the news, Clone Wars producer Dave noted the satisfaction in finally getting to complete the story of the show as he originally intended. Personally, it's very rewarding any opportunity to put the final pieces of the story in place is meaningful as a storyteller i'm happy for the opportunity to define these things and the end of this part of the clone war it also makes me reflect on all the people that i got to work with over the years it reinforces the things i learned from george it reminds me of the important elements that go into making star wars so it's nice on several levels and i think for the crew that's still here, that worked on Clone Wars. They feel that as well. Wow, and I thought I was verbose. It's good news given the recent solo disappointment at the box office puts paid to any concern that the Star Wars Juggernaut might slow. I recently listened to some Kevin Smith's podcast and he's putting it out there that maybe this is a backdoor way of getting Ahsoka into the films because the timeline uh, marries up a little bit and they've run out of female. I mean, they've still got, what's her name, Ray. But, hey, you can't just have one token female. You've got to have a few strong characters out there. And she's half alien, so they could probably use a person of color or something like that. And it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. Because it's it's all about shared universe and continuity. Number three, Garrett Michael Mathis. Or Matthias. Anyway, the great Garrett Underpants. That's what he calls himself. He's an awesome five-year-old boy. He's unfortunately no longer with us, though, thanks to a rare form of cancer. Bastard. God, I hate cancer. But he left all new and deeply touched and inspired. Now he is inspiring people all around the world with this cheeky self-penned obituary. The amusing and touching obituary gives us a glimpse into what a total champion he was. I have included a few photos of his funeral, which included a full Viking send-off, cosplayers, bouncy castles, delicious treats, and a memorial service by his favourite lake. And then I've got the little... uh, it's basically a QA and a that his parents set up, and it's about the cutest thing I've ever read. as has his name, he's five years old. My address is, I am a bulldog. Fair enough. My favourite colour is blue and red, and black, <laughs> and mm-hmm. green. Gotta love him. My favourite superhero is Batman, and Thor, Iron Man, and the Hulk, and Cyborg. <laughs> so, um, it's very much like my two-year-old in that sense of just loving all the things. So big props. You just, I can't see any hate there until you go further down, but I'll stick where I am. When I grow up, I'm going to be a professional boxer. Okay. I'm sure that would have changed given time. Uh, my favorite people are, he this is a bunch of his family. And then those two guys, you know, my uncles and Batman, of course. So something about Batman stands out to him. I'm not sure what it is. The things I love the most, playing with my sister, my blue bunny, thrash metal, pretty badass five-year-old, Legos, my daycare friends, Batman, and when they put me to sleep before they access my port, oh god, things I hate, pants, dirty stupid cancer, when they access my port, I'm guessing that's like uh, where he has his IV or something, needles, and the monkey nose that smells like cherry farts. I do like the mint monkey nose at Mayo Radiation and that one guy that helped me build Legos. When I die, I'm going to be a gorilla and throw poo at Daddy. Burned or buried? Jesus. I want to be burned like when Thor's mummy died and make and made into a tree so I can live in it when I'm a gorilla. Ugh. Big or small funeral? Funerals are sad. I want five bouncy houses because I'm five. Batman and snow cards. And, uh, yeah, if you could go to the article, Beyond the Con 11, you'll see the photos, and they're just adorable. There's more on the actual article that I link to as well, but I had to just pick a handful, and you see his little coffin there being floated out onto the lake and a couple of guys preparing to shoot flaming arrows. Just... Uh, and, of course, they've got the bouncy castles, the cosplayers, kids eating snow cones. Um, it's just a beautiful end to a beautiful life, and ah, it's always the good ones. So that's a sobering start. And now we get into the bitter, angry side of the article. Zeros. Number one, Disney firing James Gunn. Now, I knew this would be a controversial stance for me to take. Uh, The other editor, though not too much involved lately, would probably not be happy with me taking such a, I think they prefer it if we kind of stayed very objective and all this sort of thing. But I don't know. I just, I got really upset about this and it's probably what I spent the most time researching. I had about six or seven articles to link to this section. It really deserved its own article by itself, but this is just the way I do it. So it's more like a magazine than an article that all comes out at once so uh yeah james gunn for the first time we have an organization be both a hero and a villain in the same installment of beyond the con yeah so obviously disney was a hero for starting or restarting clone wars but they zeroed out with this judgment i reckon so i'll try and make this as fair and objective as possible while i love 99 percent of what disney does i can't help but shake my head at whoever made this decision and now the biggest name in entertainment The house of the mouse is no stranger to controversy with plenty of skeletons in its closet but its recent firing of james gunn from guardians of the galaxy 3 and any future projects has become the biggest pr mess in living memory well you know obviously not everyone's upset with them for it some people support it but from what i've seen those people don't really seem to be that involved in terms of being fans or anything any true fans any Anyone that's been following the franchise, or is a huge uh, devotee of Marvel and anything related to that, tends to be on the side of James Gunn because they know him as it's not the same as Roman Polanski or anyone like that, or Woody Allen. Where, yeah, sure they make great films, but Jesus Christ, you don't want to be locked in a dark room with them and you know anyone under fifteen, say. But and. say allegedly with Woody Allen, because that's all very, uh, I'm not going to touch that. It gets a lot of hate. I think it's not as clear cut, but I don't know enough about it to really go too deep dive into it. So I'll just say that there's definitely a lot worse of a situation than what this is where it was a few shitty tweets. It's not, people are just grabbing a tweet that was obviously a joke and saying, oh, look at who he is. This is what he likes um and that just again shaking my head so i've got a quote there from zay Soldana, which is just a tweet telling everyone to read their statement an open letter which i think i read out last week so i don't need to do that again while the tweets that got him fired indefensively bad and at first glance it's understandable that a company like disney that aligns itself with family values would want to distance itself from them It also goes against the spirit of the very films he was directing and sets a dangerous precedent. That is, that even a bunch of low-down, rotten, dirty scoundrels like the crew of the Milano can become not just scrappy adventurers with a heart of gold, but legitimately claim the title of Guardians of the Galaxy. If even they can be redeemed, then why can't a director who made a few poorly chosen tweets? I'm not sure if that's how that's said, low-down, rotten, dirty scoundrels. Maybe it should be low-down dirty rotten scoundrels, but yeah, it's sticking for now. Unfortunately, with the state of party politics in the US right now, there is rarely any nuance or empathy when someone makes a mistake. Ryan Johnson immediately took action and deleted all tweets up to 25th of January, just in case someone somewhere finds something he wrote offensive and his career is in jeopardy. He is not alone with numerous other writers and actors following suit. Is there no hope for someone in James Gunn's position? I've got a feeling I spent, I wrote, sorry, that I spelt Jeopardy wrong. So I may have to check that out. I'm still in the actual editing page. So that's that's the, one of the big, good things about reading it out. I can skim it on my own, like I've said before. But you don't see it until you read it out loud. So where was I? Jeopardy. It's a weird thing where, because I'm cut and pasting from Word, not Word. It's like Word Pad. So it's completely useless. Apparently, you have to pay for Word now. So I just use like some crappy version, which doesn't have an autocorrect or a you know spell check. Oh great! Thanks. Virus protection. Thanks for ruining my podcast. Uh, so where I was up to something about Ryan Johnson. Even if it was over a decade ago, is there no hope for someone in James Gunn's position? Even if the only reason the deleted tweets were uncovered was because an angry Trump supporter. And casual rape joke making troll Mike Cernovich went after Gun with a vengeance due to Gunn's more left leaning politics. Even if the entire cast and most of Hollywood stands behind Gunn, even if all the co stars all the stars co signed an open letter expressing their support for him and hoping he is rehired. While this is unlikely, it shows how much love people who know him have for the man he is now and not the edgy neophyte he was ten years ago. With news that Dave Bati- is it Baltista or Baltista? How do I not know this? Anyway, he will literally go invisible by quitting the next film, unless they at least use James Gunn's script, the pressure is mounting for Disney to compromise somewhat. With fellow creator Dan Harmon recently under fire by the same trolls for a sketch he did in Poor Taste many years ago, it's heartening to see that despite the outrage that his employer Adult Swim, while acknowledging the skit was regrettable, has stood beside him going forward. I mean, he has seventy episodes of Rick and Morty to create after all. Given how many other actors and co-creators with questionable decisions in their past been rehabilitated by Disney RDJ, hello the more one examines the situation the less it makes sense at least given the public support he has he should find work elsewhere soon enough Rumours are abounding that Taika Waititi will be in the director's chair now and of course it will still be an amazing film but it really is a pity that Mr Gunn couldn't complete the trilogy like he always wanted to So that was a mouthful Um... A lot more I wanted to add, but, you know, you do have to sort of... It's a little bit concise sometimes. Yeah, that's... That's, that's going to be interesting because, obviously, that's, gotta, that's an ongoing story. And uh, hopefully I can update it as time goes by. Uh, zero number two. Elon Musk calls an actual real-life hero a pedo. Yeah, I couldn't really pull the punch on that one. Elon Musk finally issued an apology for his remarks about a UK diver involved in the rescue of the Thai soccer team and their coach after he called Vern Unsworth a pedo on social media. The tech billionaire made the pedo comment, oh god, I think that's been said like seven times now, in response to the divers' claim that Mr. Musk's rescue submarine was a PR stunt. I apologise to Mr. Unsworth and the companies I represent as leader. The fault is mine and mine alone. My words were spoken in anger after Mr. Unsworth said several untruths and suggested I engage in a sexual act with the mini-sub. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. <sighs> He sent out a series of tweets attacking Mr. Unsworth, uh, with one saying that the expat living in Thailand was sus. He then wrote, sorry, pedo guy, you really did ask for it. And I swear that's the last time I'm dropping the P word. I have been a long time supporter of the Musk, fascinated by his living embodiment of a combination of Tony Stark and Hank Scorpio. It doesn't hurt that the geek community is so enamored with the guy that he is had cameos in not only Iron Man and The Simpsons, but also The Big Bang Theory and South Park. So, along with building giant tunnels, spaceships and electric cars that everyone in Hollywood wants to drive, including putting one in space, it's had a bit of a reputation as a philanthropist, and I wanted to read the news once. Sending generators and equipment to Puerto Rico after the earthquake, helping build the largest ever battery farm in South Australia after storms knocked out its power grid, are just a few of his accomplishments. His most recent building on that legacy of heroic actions by putting together a mini submarine in record time to send to Thailand. All right, well, I've removed the blanket because that resulted in me pulling the mic off the coffee table. So that was exciting and dramatic, but we're back and I have fixed the sentence. Um, and let's continue on now that's all been sorted out. Uh, once I find my place I could have done that before I started recording again but hey it wouldn't be quite as dramatic would it it's all about living in the moment so reputation philanthropist oh yeah I changed it to his most, his most recent building on that legacy of heroic actions by putting together a mini submarine I oh, know it hasn't I updated it but uh, it hasn't come through onto this post yet so that's fine I'll just leave it the way it is there. Um, it has been fixed, though. Yeah, this is the important shit right here. Anyway, I'll move down below the picture of the submarine, which really just looks like a giant air tank. I don't know how they were going to get anyone inside that thing or maneuver it through the tunnels. I've got to admit, like the rescuer did seem to have a point. Like, that thing is... looks like the size of a an old-school phone box. And uh, from what I heard the tunnels were tiny uh there's lots of up and down left and right maneuvering with stalactites and i mean there was i listened to a podcast today on 2020 where they interviewed one of the british divers who had to bring a kid out or a bunch of kids and at one point the kid was too small for the overhead like the special mask that they had it wouldn't fit so they had to put a uh, a less effective mask. Like, it didn't cover his whole face and it kept worrying about it falling off. So he had to basically cradle the kid under his arms uh, so he could keep an eye on the mask. Because these kids were out cold. They were completely knocked out uh, by an Australian anesthesiologist. And, uh, yeah, it was tricky going. And he's just cradling him, going through fast-rushing water. Um, You know, the monsoon's coming in. It's crazy stuff. I can't wait to see the movie. Anyway, so he's got the kid under his shoulder or something and basically he's knocking heads like the only way to do it was to have it really awkwardly cradled so his own head would get hit against the wall as they moved along the tunnel which is like there was 400 meters 700 meters sections uh where there's no air at all you just you can't see your own hand it's pitch black And you're just feeling your way along to get out. So, gee, I would not have coped well with that. Um, I'm not really scared of much other than spiders and maybe ridiculous heights. But I don't go nuts. Like, I could still do what i got to do. I remember going through a tunnel in, I think it was a Spartan race. And you had to basically go for broke. Like, go completely blind through a water pipe. It was like the size of one of those big sewage pipes. And there was a a short section that was just underwater and i didn't know what was on the other side i just had to dive in and hope that i could hold my breath long enough to come up on the other side and that was probably one of the scariest things i've ever done even though of course these things are organized so there's only going to be so much risk but you just your mind races and you know you think i could be the one i could make the headlines because i've fucked this up somehow but uh, obviously i got through it and i was kind of proud of myself weirdly later on, so wouldn't mind getting back into that stuff, but my level of fitness right now, yeah, let's just table that idea. Um, so anyway, in the end, they didn't end up needing the sub as water levels dropped enough to swim the kids out somewhat safely, but he still provided much needed generators and other assistance. Of course, many critics lashed out calling it a PR stunt, including Mr. Unsworth, and like an angry teenager, Mask shot back with his lesser mature response. It's not all been smooth sailing for the Musk, clearly. It was only just getting over the backlash of using an independent artist's work without credit, let alone payment, now this schoolyard dust up. That's why he gets the gong for zero this time around. Hopefully, his Trump like Twitter behaviour becomes a bit more diplomatic the next time someone who actually put their life on the line throws some shade his way. I like how that turned out. Now, Chris Hardwick being exonerated by AMC. I was tempted to throw the cable channel a hero gong for this action, but they cancelled comic book men who have ran the walking den into the ground from season 2 onwards, so I'll just give them a quick head nod for taking their time with the Chris Hardwick scandal. Instead of doing a Disney and cutting ties with Hardwick at the first whiff of controversy, they merely put him on ice until they could figure out the truth of the matter. After interviewing hundreds of people involved and bringing in specialists to perform an extensive investigation, he was found to be innocent of vicious rumours spread by an ex-girlfriend. Cosplayer and minor celebrity Chloe Dykstra. She accused him of sexual and emotional abuse, among other things, which got his name removed to the masthead of his own company, The Nerdist, and yanked from his gig at the SDCC hosting the Walking Dead panel, with speculation he wouldn't be back to host The Talking Dead. Thankfully, he will be back this month when The Talking Dead resumes. The Me Too movement is a powerful one, but like the great Stanley says, with great power comes great responsibility. And it's up to the community at large to make sure that power is exercised as intended. So that's the Heroes and Zeros. Now, have got a little bit of news. One of them is the ScarJo pulling out of the trans... Controversial transgender role. Uh, she decided to exit the lead role of Rub and Tug. God. Uh, the film from director Rupert Sanders that would have seen her playing trans man Dante Tex Gill. So I've got her statement here. I'm not really going to bother reading it. All of it. It's quite long. According to, no, according to GLAAD, which is some kind of organization, those characters dropped 40% in 2017 from previous year, with no representation of trans characters in any major studio release. While I would have loved the opportunity to bring Dante's story and transition to life, I understand why many feel he should be portrayed by a transgender person, and I am thankful that this casting debate, albeit controversial has sparked a larger conversation about diversity and representation in film. So, that's it, she's out. The response is overwhelmingly positive from the LBGT community, with many commentators echoing the actress Jen Richards. If you're tired of hearing about it, you can't imagine how tired trans actors are of talking about it. We just want to work. And With more trans and non-binary people of all kinds participating, the work will be a better and richer representation of our world. This is a win. I, for one, look forward to seeing the film with whoever is cast. If the role now goes to someone in the trans community who knocks it out of the park, then all the better. So yeah, good honor. She finally listened to her critics. I'm still on the fence on the whole um, Ghost in the Shell thing, but yeah, that was probably a good idea in this case to step aside. Ruby Rose is the goddamn Batman. I really didn't see this coming. Keeping with the theme of appropriate casting, it's been announced... I'm pretty sure I spelled that wrong. Uh, that Australian actor and proud lesbian Ruby Rose has been cast as Batwoman in Greg Berlanti's Arrowverse on the CW. Initially appearing in a big crossover event near the end of this year, she will be she will eventually have her own show next year. In the CW series, the character appears to be leaning heavily into the comic book style as seen in New Fifty Two. In a casting write up for Batwoman, Kate Kane is described as openly gay having once aspired to have an illustrious military career dreams that were shattered when she was kicked out of West Point for coming out as gay. As in the comics, television's Batwoman will also have to face many of her own personal demons even as she suits up as Gotham's symbol of hope and justice. Uh, Then we've got Alex Jones, okay, he still has his website but he's pretty much booted from everything. Uh, The Infowars channel's reigning figurehead was swiftly removed one by one from every social media podcast and video hosting site in existence this week. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and Facebook. This is a major blow for the conspiracy nut, as almost no one visits actual websites anymore. Sigh. I write that on my website. So his reach has been massively diluted. As much as I'm all for free speech, my sympathy for this clown is minimal, given he's an unrepentant harasser. of victims of the Sandy Hook massacre is still being sued, by many families who suffered at the hands of Adam Lanza. I guess it's a good thing that those supplements he touts on his show have a long shelf life. People won't be buying his tin foil hat theories or his products for much longer. We can hope. Favourite YouTube Video of the Week Before he got his teeth sunk into a sequel to the Robocop reboot with Joel Kinnaman, director Neil Blomkamp launched his own series of short films under the banner Oats Studio. They're all outstanding, but the one that I want to highlight this week is the suspenseful thrill ride that is Raka. Starring Sigourney Weaver, it paints a dark picture of an Earth where humans are barely clinging on to existence after a massive alien invasion. Our last hope seems to be a child that's been fused with an alien tech in an experiment gone wrong by our alien overlords. Yes, it's all a little falling skies so far, but it's much darker and more R-rated, so let's hope the crowdfunding strategy pays off. We say a lot more gritty yet slick content, with the incredible mind of South Africa's most creative export. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is one sentence. So I've been able to break them up most of the time, but I just can't see a way to stop that one. And I like it. There's an unwritten rule, no pun intended, about keeping sentences short and stuff like this. but. I just read a book review, and one of the things they praised about this writer, I can't remember the name of the book or the writer, but at one point he has a sentence that's basically two pages long, and that they loved it, so I'm like, well, sometimes it works, and yeah, again, with that sentence, I'm, I'm fine with that, so I'm not going to read it again, don't worry. Uh, well, that's all we have time for this week, but don't worry, we'll keep you apprised of the James Gunn situation and many other news, and any other news that rocks the pop culture world comic-con Sydney fast approaching there's going to be plenty to talk about and that will do for that article good times I'm getting messages from the mother of my child so I'll try and rudely interrupt the podcast for that It's okay doing podcast so that's I'm apologizing for no reply. So that's all good. No one's banging down the doors. Um, a good, uh, well, we half an hour-ish into the podcast. I did want to mention some, you know, diary-style things like what I've been doing Sunday was fun. I turned up with good old Jaden from Banana Split to uh, something called the Cooley Bar Hotel, which is kind of uh, southwest Sydney-ish can't remember exactly where it's not an area I'm often in and it was but it was a nice place it was basically like an RSL but you didn't have to sign in nice which was yeah I like to skip the red tape went straight upstairs we all sat down signed a waiver and got into it and it's basically Samwise who runs action reaction entertainment mostly does shows for kids parties as superheroes he had a new idea and decided to put it together as a promotional video, mostly done I think on Sunday. I don't know if he did it with anyone else, but there was enough of us, I think, and enough work put into it to um, keep him busy for the next few weeks editing. Uh, He did imply that it wouldn't be that long, but Jesus, he shot a lot of stuff and I can't see how it, it won't be a while before we see much of it. But essentially it was us dressed as we were, up against some ninjas. We would have loved to be in costume, but uh, there was some issue with copyright, apparently, if you try and make money out of it. Um, so I think he's selling some kind of package for corporations and stuff, where they might do team building around shooting action scenes, a big budget film. Um, they didn't really have any lighting. Uh, they just had his, his girlfriend doing the camera work, It's just quite good, and they're very professional and do their best. But, I mean, without a huge budget, It was more of um, passion over, I don't want to say professionalism, because they are really good at what they do in terms of the stunt work and putting on that kind of show. They know how it works on movies. They know about camera angles and hiding when a punch is pulled and that sort of thing. So they, they were pretty much on top of that. But, yeah, I guess being a little bit of a movie snob, I could tell that there was going to be an issue with lighting. Uh, There was no coverage, it was just the one long shot, like they would, she would stand back, get an establishing shot, roll camera, and then we would basically have to move around um, fighting off these ninja guys, and that was it. They wouldn't get, maybe, they would get two takes, and that was it, but there wouldn't be coverage in terms of, all right, now we're going to do a cutaway, now we're going to do a close-up, and that sort of thing. It was just two run-throughs of a sequence with a wide shot. Uh, with a little movement just to keep the uh, the hits I guess looking real so you've got a blocking I think is what they call it and it was pretty amusing because there was a couple of people that really didn't look cut out for that kind of let's say uh, physical work I'd put myself in that category but there's possibly one or two that might have even come across as even more comical and uh, you would, oh no this isn't going to work but then there was one guy, I can't remember his name he reminded me of the Filipino best friend of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. But even chunkier, I think. And he killed it. There was one scene in a hallway that was a bit Daredevil-esque where a ninja comes out, you push past him, break his leg from behind. Uh, Another guy comes out, you kind of flip him into the wall. And then the final dude, you basically come at him straight ahead, duck down and hit up and he just flies away. Uh, They're really good, these guys. Uh, My only concern was maybe for the quality of the lighting and stuff like that. Like you didn't have a full crew to make it look like uh, an actual Netflix film even. But I'm super curious to see how it comes across because if he's going to try and sell that as a package, and I I don't know what he's going to charge, um, it'd be interesting to see how popular it is, given that it's pretty much just a one camera shoot without any special lighting. And it's only going to look... So good. It's not gonna. It's never gonna be, you know, Hollywood quality. So hopefully people are okay with that, and he can still. May have another revenue stream because I like what he does and he's a good guy and uh, he deserves to. He's got a lot of ideas and he's one of those people where, no matter how shitty the world is, he seems to just keep, plugging away and, dreaming big and having all this confidence. Just that seems to. Be like you know he's a real optimist and he's a why not guy rather than a why uh, as Kevin Smith says so yeah I like to see other people like that Um, not that I'm I'm sort of that's how I'd like to be and this is a guy that seems to be living the dream so I just hope that one day it all clicks and he's just flying around doing it you know gangbusters because that's what he deserves so there was that Uh, I did drop into the gym for about 20 minutes I gotta admit it was a pretty weak effort didn't really, There was a fair bit of overtime, I was running around, that was partly why I haven't done one yet. Uh, for three days in a row I had to do a generator at six in the morning, five in the afternoon and midnight, so yeah, I wasn't getting a lot of sleep and I won't get too much tonight because I've obviously got the group right now, seven o'clock, wow, okay, maybe I'll skip it this week. Yeah, I had a little meeting thing I was going to go to and it's already started. So I might have to ring up and am not sure there's any point in going now. So I'll, uh, gee, that only occurred to me. Well, I'll just put some dinner on, I guess. I don't like doing that just because it's seven o'clock because I'm not hungry at all and there's all these weird noises, so I might pause. All right. So what I've got left is maybe just to read a couple of, uh, my favorite subreddit posts in today. I learned. Uh, so there's a few here that make it hard there's one that's a video, I've never seen a video in here before, it's basically a Swiss Air flight recording a documentary when an engine failed the film crew was able to capture the cool calm and cool of the pilots while they turned the engine off informed passengers, dumped fuel, ate chocolate and took a coffee break so I'm sure that's for like, I've got one friend on Facebook that's a bit of a pilot well he's an actual pilot, I met him driving trains but he does um, fly planes now, which is a bit of a, I guess, elevation in more ways than one. And uh, he probably dig the shit out of that. Now, if I ever see anything plane related, I'll share it with him. But reading it was enough. Right, so unlike Bill Burr, I will pause the thing when someone rings. Yeah, but, uh, let's just add a few little uh, bits of seasoning to the podcast. And not that I'm saying I'd ever be anywhere near as good as him. But hey, I have that one thing. A seed that was found in the 32... 32- thousand-year-old permafrost was germinated recently that's pretty crazy I need to click on that because that's a really short sentence uh, it's jumping up here in defense of plants.com sounds a bit wacko but it is a proper blog and there they go they've got a few pictures of this beautiful white flower seeds were discovered on the banks of the Koma River in Siberia the river is constantly eroding into the permafrost and covering frozen Pleistocene I have to look that up. Researchers took the seeds and did the unthinkable. They grew them into adult plants. To date, this is the oldest resurrected plant material. Well, that's pretty freaking cool. See, if they can resurrect those, you know, a few steps away from people, it's almost the same thing, right? Right, to try to combat mosquito outbreaks, Disney World monitors coops of sentinel chickens that are stationed around the park. If a mosquito chicken... No, sorry, if a <laughs> mosquito chicken... God, what a nightmare. <laughs> That's a nightmare scenario. Please do not make those things. Uh, if a mosquito born virus shows up in the chicken's blood, Disney doubles down on its bug-slaying efforts in the area. It's pretty cool. Uh, the Indiana State Prison System usually gives condemned inmates their last meal about two days early because they typically aren't as hungry on the day they are to die. Well, no kidding. I'll never forget there was that one guy that ordered, like a hundred things from gourmet they had lobster they had everything it was nuts and they just said yeah I'm not hungry so and I think according to the rules they had to throw it all out or something ridiculous like that so from then on the governor was like no we're not doing that anymore and they just had to eat the normal crap that everyone else gets at least in that state I think it's uh, different from state to state it was pretty nuts that they still kill people over there anyway so yeah I mean as bad as they are they've still found quite a few that were innocent after the fact and i don't know it's, I, so when you hear the crime sometimes you're like oh fair enough but uh you got to be pretty damn sure about the fact that they did it and the whole eye for an eye thing just smacks of it all being a little bit medieval but hey that's america it's a wild west sometimes and that, that works for them uh let's well, let's not even pre-read let's just go into it the royal navy admitted their ships would be empty if they discharged all the men with homosexual experience. Investigations in the 1960s reveal hundreds of naval officers were sexually involved with other men. So for national security, discreet homosexuality was mostly ignored. Wow, talk about perpetuating a stereotype. Doesn't really surprise me, but it's a little bit... uh... Well, it's just a pity that even back then they couldn't be like, whatever. You know, they kind of ignored it, but it shouldn't really even be ignored like in that way it should just not be an issue at all but hey, we're getting there Washington DC police, oh, I love this, they ran a fake hip-hop studio to attract criminals and record proof of their illicit deals manic enterprises made 70 arrests, snagged 7.2 million dollars in cocaine and confiscated 161 illegal weapons cops shut it down after they heard a gang planned on robbing the studio Well. You'd think that would just ramp it up. He'd be like, come on in. We're waiting for you. Tom Cruise himself actually created the character and the dance for Les Grossman, suggesting, what about some greedy pig studio executive who really represents the gross part of Hollywood because of how much he enjoyed the script of Tropic Thunder and wanted to be in the movie? Well, he really put himself in there because it's hard to imagine it without him. He's like, He's not in it a lot, but when he is, it just seems like an integral part of the whole thing. So, and I like that he can make fun, maybe not so much of himself, but of the world that he's in. Give the guy a break. Scientology or not. I've just recently, I'm halfway through that going clear. It's a bit of a slog. Um, it's fascinating at the same time. Uh, I guess it's not consistent. Like some bits are really good and the other bits are a bit like, I've heard his story a few times, the whole Elron um, Ron Hubbard thing. So it's, it gets a little slow when they go into his life. But wow, what a, Guy And I can't believe how many people just tag along with it. But it was interesting some of the points they made about certain people being drawn to it, like the current guy that runs it, it, the way it works with its system tends to alter people who are susceptible to it and just turns them into complete power-hungry sociopaths. But I've no moral qualms about, you know, there's, there's even accusations that they've knocked people off and they've definitely had people committed. Um, Which is ironic because they hate psychologists. But yeah, when they go after someone, man, they don't fuck around. So that's hard to... I guess that's the toughest part about being alright with Tom Cruise because it's a pretty shitty organisation. But um, yeah, again, I don't know a lot more than that. And there's there's, there's implications that he was kind of like Travolta kind of forced into it. Like when they do the sessions, they're like, yeah, no, we'll never tell anyone gives him some juicy gossip in what he thinks is like a priest's confessional thing. And they're like, yeah, by the way, if you don't stick around, we'll tell everyone everything. So there's a bit of that. Budge Baj Root? Baj Root? Christ. It's India. So I might have to ask a friend. But a 12-year-old boatman shot dead by British police in 1938 when he refused to ferry them across a river to quell a protest. is regarded as the youngest martyr... Venue's freedom struggle. Wow, what a bunch of pricks. Just shooting a 12-year-old in the head. There's even a photo. Uh, Well, I hope they got some kind of karma coming their way. One in eight U.S. workers have worked at McDonald's. Among them are Jeff Bezos, Pink, and Jay Leno. And me. There you go. In addition, I'll put myself (laughs) in their uh, esteemed group their esteemed coterie I need to, uh, I, it's funny because I listen to podcasts and things and I'm like guys it's not that hard just English use it and then when I'm stumbling around myself it's like yeah okay alright it happens in addition to the Taj Mahal there is the Jal Mahal a huge 300 year old compound sitting in the middle of the lake well that sounds like a more chill place to hang out you won't get disturbed by Mormons there uh, more Indians died in World War II war efforts than the Britons Americans and French combined damn what about the germans they're not including those because a lot of them died but yeah 90 That's, that must be a shitload of indians all right i'll have to freaking click on this one it's a wikipedia link this is world war ii for some reason i thought it was world war one for a second uh, i get them mixed up very easy to do very similar wars oh, hey I'm kidding. i should really know the difference but i know the indians did get triggered into world War one as well i'm curious to see if they more of them died in that because a lot of people died in that thing. Um, but yeah, the Russian Republic, they lost 9 million. China, they lost 20. German, 7, um, with 5 of them being military. And that includes 900,000 men conscripted from outside Germany, into Austria and Central East Europe. Polish dead, 6 million. Japanese, they put in about 3 million. Wow, that's less than I thought it would be. It's not giving me Indians. Oh, here we go. There's a whole list. Death tolls of World War II and military wounded by country. There's a whole bunch of them. Cuba even has a couple. Four million. Four. Dutch East. In- oh no, wait. <laughs> I might have added a few zeros to that. Oh, that's the population of the country at the time. Right. <laughs> not every single person living in Cuba died. Uh, military deaths are zero. Civilian deaths is a hundred. That's more than I would have expected. China, they had 500 million people and 3 million died. That, that makes more sense. If we scroll down to the whole reason we're here, which would be India, they had 400 million people at the time, pretty much, and 87,000 died. Is that right? That doesn't seem like that many. Military deaths from all causes. Because if you go to, say, the British deaths... What would that be under? Bulgaria, Burma. Well, they lost two and a half thousand. Where's Britain? Australia, we lost 39,000. So there's no way that Britain lost less than, uh, like, India. That doesn't make sense. United Kingdom. All right, I didn't go down there. They lost 383,000. India. It wasn't that many, was it? It was 87,000. So what the hell? That doesn't seem right. Indians died in World War II efforts. That does not seem legit. Like, you go to the link, and then you read the numbers, and you're like, yeah, no, not at all. I guess they're including um, civilians. I didn't look at that. There we go. Civilian deaths due to war-related famine. 2,100,000. Okay, well, that's a lot. That is a ridiculous amount. And then if you go down to... United Kingdom. It's like does not even a Oh, well I should have really looked at the entire column. <laughs> that's probably easier to just zip to that. United States total deaths. Only four hundred thousand. United Kingdom four hundred and fifty thousand. So that's what I see. That's under a million. And then if you go to back up to India I really had to confirm this, didn't I? Uh it's well over two million. Right. And that's why they can say and French combined. Because I can't imagine the French lost that many. France, 600,000. Well, there you go, a million and a half with those three countries. And India was over two million. That's a shitload of civilians. Famine and disease? I had no idea. I guess, you know, a lot of the history focuses on what's going on in Europe and the Pacific. And we just kind of ignore conveniently what happened in India. Because, I mean, even you hear about the Japanese going nuts in Nanking or Nanjing and uh, Korea. You just, I don't remember hearing anything about India. It just shows me how little I know. Wikipedia, that's a rabbit hole. I could just deep dive into that for hours. But we'll go back and find one more. Huh, I like this. Uh, the p- paper toilet seat covers found in public restrooms pretty much do nothing and do not actually have any health benefits. Well, there you go. I'm not a big fan of going in public toilet where you'd have to sit down anyway, but uh, I was always a bit kind of sceptical about those things anyway. So, I mean, it's more of a... I get that you would psychologically feel like you're putting more between yourself and the bare toilet seat, but um, my issue is not so much how dirty it is, though that does kind of bother me. It's more that, you know, people can kind of possibly hear you or you'll come out and you'll be like, that was you. So it's that kind of embarrassment side of it. One more. Artificial intelligence can distinguish authentic Pollock paintings from fake ones with 93% accuracy. I don't know how they do that maths, like what they put into the AI to make it know, but uh, I wonder if it's a bit like, how people with divining rods don't know how they know where the water is and they think it's the rod, but really it's their really, really like innate reading of the terrain so they know where water is likely to be. But it's subconscious. It's not like, oh, because there's a tree there and the slope is like this at 3%. So it's probably, it's just something that's over time that they pick up um, and they blame the divining rod. Patrick Stewart largely changed the way people pronounce the word data <laughs> I can't remember how he pronounced it was it data or data I'm really gonna have to that's that's one where you need to actually watch a video I believe because you need sound and for the first time I'm going to put headphones on during this thing like a pro would have their own headphones so they can hear themselves I know how bad they sound you give me this website you give me a little video and then it doesn't load probably because I've got some kind of ad blocker on So that sucks. I might have to actually click on the uh, comments and see if anyone explains it in there. Oh, see, there we go. Data, look at this. Um, Looking slightly confused. Commander data. Data. What? Data, my name, it's pronounced data. Oh, you called me data. What's the difference? One is my name. The other is not. (laughs) I wonder if that's an actual, like thing from the script. It probably is, knowing the way that show is. They get stuck in all sorts of triviality. And there's a lot of discussion. People love their Star Trek. And um, don't worry, it's going to stay on the screen rather than in my mouth. And that will do for this Thursday, the 9th of August. I'm rushing through this year. I've got nothing to show for it. Comic-Con next month. I've really got to make sure I do something about A, getting a menu pass, and B, sorting out my costume again, because it's falling apart. Yeah, I always said, that's one of those ones where I'm not stuck on it, like potato, potato. I don't really know what I say. I'd probably say data, which is wrong. Because Patrick Stewart, however he says something, uh, that's the right way to say it. Because he would know. He's just a god. Especially with the English language. So, yeah, that's, I'm going to stick to data from now on. I would have thought that's more of an American way of putting it, but and that's the way we like it here. So that will do me for tonight. I hope you've all had a good week, and we'll see you again next week. Have a solid 60, brother and sister. Good night. <laughs>